Morning Crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from my, from my crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Absent, members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is joining us on this Monday. And we got Jenna X as our special guest joining us, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how former SEC Chairman Jay Clayton commented on Gary Gensler and the enforcement actions taken by his agency, as Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong revealed shocking information about his company and their willingness to comply with the SEC. The him and emails are set to be released tomorrow, potentially opening the floodgates for an American crypto discussion. As JP Morgan is calling for a friendly crypto framework, telling the world institutions are entering this market with or without the United States. Mark Cuban criticized American regulation yesterday, stating the time is now to make a change. And with June 13th, less than 24 hours away, we break down the details, showing our community how the Hinman emails can change the course of history forever. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, I am fired up this morning, but in a positive way, because while the markets are red, we've got a bunch of great news this week for the XRP community and specifically for anyone who's bullish on crypto. But before we get into all that, my friend, how was your weekend and how are you feeling this morning? Weekend was great. We have an unbelievably loaded week this week. I'm excited. Not only that, we got Jenna here a day early, too. Gonzo looks like he's 23. Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love you. Appreciate you guys. I can't wait to hop into it. Oh, my God. It is going to be amazing what this week looks like. And we got a great guest coming on on Wednesday. This is fantastic. I'm so fired up. Big week for the whole community. And Gonzo, thank you for making time for us this morning, my friend. Johnny, he's always got a comment on your looks. But first of all, how are you feeling? And thanks for being here. I'm feeling great, man. It was a it was a great weekend. You know, I, I said this before. I'm, I'm definitely a, a bear at heart because, like, when the market gets crushed, I, I just – it's easy for me to make moves and know what decisions to make. It's a little bit more confusing when we're kind of in a, in a, in a, in a bull market. And so, uh, yeah, it was a good weekend. Like Johnny said, it's going to be a crazy week. We've got the Hinman emails tomorrow. We got Binance.us, uh, the decision or the hearing as far as if they can freeze your assets. We've got the CPI data on Wednesday. We got the FOMC meeting. I think we have the PPI data. And then Thursday, we have kind of the job numbers and the sales numbers. So it's going to be a crazy week, man, but we're going to be here. For, the whole for sure, and We're going to get into all that today. But Jenna, we're also going to talk about how this weekend, coincidentally, right after those SEC enforcements, the markets crashed on Friday. So obviously we got Coinbase, we got Binance in the mix. How are you feeling this morning? And thanks for being here. Despite a bloody market, I am feeling fabulous. And good morning, Warriors. Awesome to be here on a Monday. Feeling amazing. And guys, I can't wait till tomorrow. I'm so excited. But let's get into the show. It's like Christmas for the XRP community, guys. And we got 297 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and get ready for an exciting episode. But we're going to start this show off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto at 4,482 followers. Continue smashing that follow button. We love you guys. When we look at the Bitcoin fear and greed index, Johnny, it's at a 47, which is in neutral, surprisingly high with the turbulence over the weekend. When we check out the daily movers on the day, Fairly green day across the board. We got a recovery in the works. Algo's up 2%. Matic up 3%. SUI 
up about 12%. When we check out the total coin market cap this morning, we took a hit over the weekend and we are sitting at 1.04 trillion, still holding 1 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 48% dominance. Ethereum is about 20%. Bitcoin sitting at 25,800. Ethereum, 1,700. XRP is 51 cents. And we're going to be talking a lot of XRP today, but Gonzo, oh, sorry, Cardano, I want to mention this, down 25% on the seven day, sitting at 28 cents. And Johnny, we got a bunch of great news prepared, but before we do, what are some of the things that you're keeping an eye on? I want to hear your conspiracy because I got one of my own. The market dumped on Friday right when retail investors went home to their families. And what I think happened is we saw a big influx of assets into Coinbase, into Binance. Wouldn't be surprised if they dumped on the open market. So before we get into the show, what do you think of that theory? Well, I mean, you know, we saw that the coins that took the biggest shit, as Bearable Bull likes to say, or dump would have, were the ones that the SEC kind of came out and said that they're uh, securities. And frankly, I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> While they were dumping, I was buying. I mean, the you know, the reality is this is this. I love red days. I don't know how many times I have to say it. For me, it's all about red. And I and of course, this is the thing where I personally think we're gonna continue to go down to the end of this month. So because that's my thesis, what you want to do is you start your DCA process. So you buy a little, you don't put your whole entire bags in, you buy some here, you start to put a little stake in the ground, buying Cardano at you know, a 25% discount to me is not a bad thing, but like Matic, I'm still waiting for that one to pull back a little bit more. So you buy a little bit, you put 10 or 20% in your bag and then you wait and you wait to see this, you know, where you're right. And it keeps coming down and you put a little bit more where you're wrong and it goes the other way. And you're like, okay, well, at least I got some at the, you know, close to the bottom. So that's kind of my thesis. That's how I play the game. Um, and I, I personally think that we will see, if you look at the charts from last year, we had a similar kind of behavior in this June timeframe. And it typically gets kicked off with the whole sell and make go away thing. Typically no difference there. I think you're witnessing that. However, we do have a lot. Hey, there's Tony in the house. Tony. Hey, Tony, check your email. I sent you an email last night. But anyway, uh, so that's what I think is happening here, Abs. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see where this thing plays out. I think Thank we'll you so it. much, Johnny. And shout out to Tony. Tony, it sounded like you were in trouble with Johnny Crypto, so I don't know what's going on. I'm only teasing, of course. But Gonzo, before we get into our stories for today, I just have one question for you. Bitcoin held up surprisingly well during that collapse over the weekend, and we saw the biggest hit in what Johnny mentioned, the coins that the SEC believes are security. So let me ask you this. Are we going to see a situation where Bitcoin's going one direction and the altcoins are going another? Yeah, definitely. I've been keeping an eye on Bitcoin dominance. You can see Bitcoin dominance has been that hovering at that 48, 49 level, and we, and we hit that 50. So I was just looking at the chart right now. Like If we can get above and turn that resistance into support and Bitcoin dominance starts to run to 55, that's where, the, that's where it can run to, uh, it'll de definitely drain the, the, the altcoins. But I was literally uh, that Friday, I was on my computer and I was doing uh, my charting, and I watched that that correction happen and it, it was crazy. Like it went like five, seven, 10, 15, 20, and then it hit 30. Uh, and a lot of it had to do with, you know, I think Matic, uh, Ada and Solana took the hardest hits, 30% corrections because, you know, Robinhood came out and said that they were delisting them. Uh, so there was like panic and, and then there was some forced selling. Um, they basically said that uh, to, Basically, if you live in a state where you can get their crypto wallet, you need to move your, your those assets off of the wallet if you can. If not, um, you can sell or on June 27th, they're going to do the selling for you, right? And then they put the money in your account. So you had that. You had jump stories about jump crypto moving a bunch of Matic. So there was all this kind of uh, FUD uh, that came into the market and, and it was a huge kind of 
correction. But I, I think when we look back on it, what you're going to see is we've already kind of seen kind of a V-shape. We're, we're starting kind of a new level. But when you see that candle wick that went all the way down and then came back up, it got butt up pretty quickly. And so when you look at the charts, you're going to see something similar, I believe, of what we had during the Seaward crash, right? It was- And Gonzo, I do want to get- Candle wick down and there. Go we can come right back to that stuff because we're eight minutes in and I do want to show this video real quick. But guys, we got 347 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This is a huge update from yesterday as Brian Armstrong revealed some shocking information about his relationship with the SEC and them trying to comply. But here's what I want you to pay attention to, guys. If Coinbase has a securities license, why are they being sued? There's no dispute that you are not any of those things. Is that right? Or is, the, or is there any dispute that you are acting as a broker-dealer, acting as a clearinghouse, and acting as an exchange? Uh, no, I mean, well, we don't claim to be a broker-dealer or, um, you know, we, we've acquired a broker-dealer license that's still dormant because they won't allow us to activate it. But there's no dispute that you are not. Johnny Crypto, this is an interesting situation we have here because I almost feel like it's too good to be true. So I'm going to tell people what's going on, then I'm going to kick it right to you and Gonzo and Jenna, of course. What is going on at the SEC right now is Gary Gensler is suing Coinbase for allegedly selling securities, but Coinbase has a securities license that Gary Gensler is not allowing them to activate. So let's say worst case scenario, every single crypto in the market ends up being a security. Coinbase should be one of the only exchanges that's allowed to sell those assets. That makes this lawsuit even more confusing. But what's on your mind, my friend? Then we'll kick it to Jenna and Gonzo. I mean, come on. Come on. Have we not figured this out yet? Two years we're talking about. We know what's going on. Obviously, there is there is a you know operation choke point exactly, Jenna, is is in full effect. And and this is what's disgusting about this whole thing, Abs, is the reality is you're just seeing that if somebody who controls somebody else decides they want things to happen, then things happen. And if somebody who controls somebody else doesn't want things to happen, then they don't happen. And all the excuses in the world are made up. So the reality is why. Are they sitting on an ex- a security chain that's kind of in approval, but it's just sitting and they won't approve it. But yet they'll approve them to go public, but they won't approve them to do their, let them do what their business does. I mean, it just makes a complete illogical sense until you say to yourself, oh, yeah, I get it. They want to kill crypto. Then you understand why. They won't allow, they won't allow him to sell. They won't allow any BTC ETFs that they've been trying to pass. They won't allow create a form online that they can fill out to do this. It all makes sense when you understand what's happening. Crypto has not been given the green light to move forward yet. Johnny, I want to hear from Jenna and Gonzo as well, but a quick question I have for you. Coinbase said they had a securities or a broker's license. Did the SEC give them that license and then say you're not allowed to activate it? Is that how that would work? No, I think they went and applied for it. And I guess they got what do you whatever temporary approval or something, but they have to bless it and stamp it and give it the final thing. And again, I'm guessing I don't know all the details on it, but but they won't they won't give it that final approval so they could actually go use it. So it's just sitting there pending, waiting for, like I said, somebody to bless crypto, and then they'll actually get that thing sooner or later. Jenna, I want to kick it over to you because we're going to show our listeners an even more interesting video. Brian Armstrong told people why he delisted XRP. It was very concerning from my end, but what's on your mind? This shit is crazy. Listen, it is nuts. I think they have to do more and more and more to shake out um, the retail investors because we're getting smarter and smarter. So they have to make bigger and bigger moves. I have no idea what the hell is going on. I don't, unless you're on the inside, nobody dies. But just like Brian Armstrong did, you know, he tried to delist XRP. They tried to do the right thing. 
why does Robinhood think that they're not going to be a target? They're delisting these other cryptocurrencies. That does not make them like does not mean they're going to be safe. So I know this whole thing is just whack. I'm just watching. Gonzo, any quick comments here? Because I'm excited to show our listeners this latest video. When we talk about talk about he was delisted, we often speculated that Coinbase was trying to do something to comply with the SEC. It's even more confusing than that. And I'm excited to get into it. But what stuck out to you about that first video? That's why, you know, Coinbase this time, you know, they got a lot of uh, uh, heat because they delisted XRP and people are like, well, why aren't you relisting it? But that's why he actually said that, you know what, this time they're not delisting anything. You know, like Jenna said, Robinhood, you're getting a reaction at the exchanges like Robinhood's delisting Matic, Soul, uh, and ADA. And then you had, uh, you know, Binance US doing what they're doing where, they're taking uh, all the USD off of it, right? It's just going to be trading pairs and they're going to have certain stable coins. So um, I'm not surprised if you're, you're going to, you're either going to see the exchanges now move off or move out of the US, right? Or cut off like they did uh, in Canada uh, with Binance.us um, or they're going to start to modify to try to get ahead of this. But uh, until like Coinbase goes to court and they, they become the one exchange that has clarity through regulation, uh, it's still going to just be up in the air. Gonzo, and that's exactly what JP Morgan was saying this weekend. As JP Morgan said that regardless of what happens in the U.S., institutions are moving into crypto as we speak. And we're going to come back to this later in the show. But Gonzo, I'm kicking it to you first after this next video. As Brian Armstrong finally explained to the world why his company delisted XRP. And I think many of our listeners are going to be interested. When we hear updated information from regulators, we go in and we talk to them. We say, great, if, if the rules have changed, how can we adjust? And, if, you know, an example of that was they said XRP, we think might be a security. We said, OK, we want to act in good faith. We'll delist it. We don't know if it's a security or not. And that court case is still playing out. But, you know, we want to be collaborative and, and work with regulators. And then something shifted about a year ago. Um, you know what? We're going to come back to the end of this clip, but I want to focus on the first half. They they delisted XRP in order to comply with regulators to work in good favor. Little did they know they'd be shooting themselves in the foot. So let's start with Gonzo and then we'll kick it to uh, Johnny and Jenna. Yeah, like I said, you know, they tried to do something in good faith, thinking that if they delisted it, they wouldn't have any issues with the SEC. But basically the SEC kind of just stalled them out. And then, you know, they spent all this money with attorneys and, and writing up all this stuff. And at the end of the day, they didn't get any more clarity than anyone else did. And that's why he said, you know, screw the SEC. They're not going to delist any of those cryptos that were listed. And they're not going to stop their staking program, right? Like you saw what Kraken did, right? Kraken paid their, their $30 million fine or whatever it was. Uh, and they stopped the staking in the U.S. And so uh, I think, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that Coinbase is going to delist any of that. I, I think they're basically giving the SEC the middle finger and they're going to fight this thing in court. Johnny, I'm going to play this 10 seconds one more time and then just jump right in after. Generally, when we hear updated information from regulators, we go in and we talk to them. We say, great, if, if the rules have changed, how can we adjust? And, if, you know, an example of that was they said XRP we think might be a security. We said, OK, we want to act in good faith. We'll delist it. He said XRP might be a security. We wanted to act in good faith and delist it. I didn't see that same energy when they told them to delist Cardano or delist Algorand. And I'm sure if they asked them to pull Ethereum, Brian Armstrong dot Ethereum on Twitter would have kept that on his exchange. So Johnny, floor is yours. Well, here's what I think happened is when that all happened, this was towards when they wanted, you got to understand, you have to look at timing. They wanted to go public with an IPO six months later. Okay. 
if you had a company, Abs, and you wanted to go public, and the SEC told you this thing could be a security, and you know you need the SEC's blessing to go public, are you gonna are you gonna go against? Oh hell no, of course not. You're gonna go okay, whatever, it makes sense. You know what? You think it's you don't know what it is? Okay, fine, we'll take it off. I'll be honest with you. I know nobody wants to hear this, but you all would have made the same decision if you were a CEO because it's the right thing to do for your company, okay? But now they're public. Now you're public, kind of don't need them anymore. And now you get to decide more so, hey, you know, how do we want to hand this thing, handle these things going forward? And so I'm not surprised that when Cardano and the other things came up that they didn't leave list them. And now with the other 12, it makes zero sense to do this because they're being sued anyway. There's no incentive whatsoever for them to delist anything at this point, because the SEC has already stuck it and screwed them anyway. So why would they at this point? If they, you know, I have no, I'm glad they're holding sticking to their guns now. And frankly, if XRP was in this group of suits, I don't think they'd be delisting them right now. They only delisted them because they were standing in the way of, of Coinbase is IPO, which was making them a shit ton of money. So that that makes total sense to me. Jenna, I'd love to get your thoughts as well. And when I saw this tweet over the weekend, I had a good laugh because the only time I think you've ever been upset with me is in <laughs> December when I tweeted at Charles Hawkinson. Well, here he is a few months later. He's asking for peace with the XRP community. So how do you feel about this? And you're still giving him a hard time, Abs. Listen, everybody, tell me, none of you can tell me that you have not talked shit once or twice or you've said something that you've regretted or made a mistake. I am giving him a free pass because that's my homie. So he doesn't really know he's my homie, but I'm saying he's my homie. But no, I, I think that we need peace and we need to come together as a whole in crypto. So I'm all for, you know, giving him a pass there. And I think that more of you guys should too, um, because it's really important that we unite. And you know what? I'm so glad that Coinbase is fighting this now. That's what we need. We need that clarity. And, you know, they learned a lot. I mean, they got so much shit and they probably lost a ton of trading volume. And look at Uphold. They cashed in on that, right? Because that was one of the only places where you could get XRP in the United States. So I'm glad that Coinbase has learned from that. And I'm glad that they're pushing forward for all of us. And I think that you guys are dead on when you're saying that this could very well be the first regulated exchange that we see. So. And we're going to talk about it later in the show, how FTX is actually relaunching their exchange later in the year. But Gonzo, this is why me and Charles Hoskinson had some beef. Look at this tweet. All of our listeners, 462 live listeners, look at your screen right now. Because Charles Hoskinson tweeted out on December 17th, XRP provides no partnership or technical value. And I can go on. There's some more toxic stuff in there, but I don't think it's necessary. That one line in and of itself is why I was very frustrated. So Jenna, just so you know, that's why I felt the need to respond. And David Schwartz actually responded as well. He said, I think you should go to bed, wait a couple days and read this tweet. You're going to regret it. But Gonzo, let's get back to the uh, Coinbase news here. XRP was delisted from Coinbase in good faith. What does that mean to you, my friend? Um, yeah, like Johnny said, you know, they're going to do what's best for their company. I think what's funny is that, and I tell people this all the time, be careful of the narratives that you fall into. Look look what's happening with the Charles thing. People like got wrapped up in that whole net narrative with ADA against XRP. Um, and I, I'm with Jenna, like, you know, he said what he said. Let's move on. Like, they're all being attacked, right? And you're going to need somebody like Charles to, to step forward, right? And, and then we had talked about this before, Johnny. We had asked, like, okay, how was ADA rolled out? And he answered that, right? They did it in Japan, they had no ICO. They sold vouchers. Two years later, they airdropped Cardano to the people that had bought vouchers. It was done in Japan. 
You could only use the yen and Bitcoin to purchase the vouchers and all the advertising or promotion was done in Japanese. So it was totally out of the US. So when the SEC comes after them and says that ADA is a security, uh, that's not factual correct, right? And he pointed that out. But you're going to need people in the space. And, and look what's happening with Coinbase, right? A, a few, what, last year or maybe two years ago, we were laughing at Coinbase. Like they were kind of the enemy, right? They were centralized exchange. Now they're in the forefront and we're hoping that they're going to fight the SEC and that they're, they're getting ahead of this thing, right? And so just keep that in mind, you know, as we fall into these narratives, you know, one time, you know, at one day, you know, we're making fun of something or something's garbage. And the next day, it's the best thing since sliced bread. So, you know, make sure to keep those narratives separate than what your investment thesis is what I'm saying. It reminds me of just about 12 months ago when everyone was saying cash is trash. That, that did a 180 very, very quickly. So we're going to see it time and time again. And Johnny, I don't know if you had any additional comments before I play the back end of this video. Anything you wanted to add? No, no. Let's get to the back end. I, th I want to add to that. I think it's the most important part. Perfect, guys. And we're good. with that being said, here's Brian Armstrong explaining why he delisted XRP to comply with the SEC. That was, they said, XRP, we think might be a security. We said, okay, we want to act in good faith. We'll delist it. We don't know if it's a security or not. And that court case is still playing out. But, you know, we want to be collaborative and, and work with regulators. And then something shifted about a year ago. Um, a totally different tone started to happen. And we kind of got this information from the SEC that, well, actually, we think everything other than Bitcoin is a security. And we kind of said to ourselves, well, that's not our, our understanding of the law. You know, how are you coming to this conclusion? Generally, when we hear there you go, that's probably the single most important sentence of the year. Something changed. He said something changed about a year ago where we got this message that all of a sudden everything was a security. There you go. That was the tipping point right there. You're all wondering what's going on. What's happening with crypto? Why is it a choke point? Operation Choke Point was kicked on about a year ago, and that's where you saw a complete debacle in this space. And anything and everything is getting attacked and going down right now. Okay, so that's why you got to understand if you're a Coinbase, you're thinking, hey, we got a business, we got the IPO, the SEC approved us, everything's great, the sun is out, beautiful day, we, this is great. And what? what? What do you mean we can't operate no more? Right? That's literally what happened to them. They pulled the rug out from underneath them. Now, here's the mistake they all made. We've been saying on this show for a year, year and a half, that they all needed to come together. You got, I remember when the whole thing was happening with Charles, right? I hated that. I hated that everybody was happy that XRP was attacking Charles. That was horrible because we don't need infighting within the crypto industry. We need collaboration and friendship within this space. I've been saying it for the longest time here. And, and to this day, I see it in our chat right now. People still say, Charles should have... Charles apology. No, forget about the goddamn. I don't want no apology. You know what I want? I just want to see them working together because I know to move the needle forward, it that has nothing to do with the freaking apology. Everybody in XRP community should just shut the hell up and say, you know what, Charles? Come to the party. We need you. We need Coinbase. We need CZ. Everybody needs to come together here, Abs. Because what you don't realize is you're all inbreeding and fighting with each other, and you're not realizing where the real enemy is. Inbreeding. It, it, I mean, not in breeding, in fighting. Sorry. They're all fighting with each other. I got all excited. I'm he said in breeding. I got in fighting. They're <laughs> all like, in fighting with each other. These guys. Listen to what the real enemy is. You just, heard, you just heard Brian say it. He said something changed a year ago. Well, guess what changed? You just got a new enemy. 
So you all need to come together now and, and fight this thing together. Yeah, that's right, Jenna. Put it put it together, Abs. If they don't come together, they're gonna get picked off one by one by one. Gonzo and Jack, uh, Gonzo and Jenna, I'd love to get some comments from you. But this video perfectly highlights what Brian Armstrong was talking about. Could we end up in a situation where the government approves two tokens, Bitcoin and the one they battled with for years in court? Here we go. Same thing for me. Here's my hot take. Hit me. SEC gets their ass kicked in the Ripple case. Absolutely get their ass kicked in the Ripple case. But the ruling comes out in such a way that XRP is alone cleared as a non-security in the United States. Meaning that with all the other stuff that the SEC is pulling, suing exchanges, suing other coins, are going to sue some big ones as well, that only BTC and XRP have legal clarity in the United States for a two-year period. Just taking some show notes on that one. I guess dreams do come true. And Jenna, I'd love to start with you. Do you see any situation where Bitcoin and XRP are the ones with the green light? All I saw was dollar signs while he was talking. I'm like, yeah, because you know me, I'm XRP balls deep. So I love to hear that. Um, no, he, he could totally be dead on. I mean, think about it. The floodgates will open. This is the only thing you could buy legally. And um, new people getting into crypto that don't know any better, they're like, okay, cool. I know this is safe. This is where I want to put my money. Pump that shit. Yeah. Gonzo, floor is yours, my friend. What's it mean to you? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it would be awesome. But like you could see what the SEC is doing because they didn't actually sue any of the protocols besides like Ripple, right? Um, they did an underhanded thing and they named them in the lawsuit as securities, but they haven't been proven as securities, right? They would have to go and, and actually take like, you know, Cardano or ADA or IHK, whatever it is to court or take Solana to court to prove that they're securities. So it was like hella underhanded. What they did was suing the exchanges and then listing them as securities, which is shady as hell. But, you know, definitely we need, we need this though. Right. We, we, we all know that there's like 20,000 projects and some of these need to go away. And, and this is what happens, right? We're in a disruptive technology that's new. We knew we were going to get regulation. We're in the they fight you stage. And so some of these projects that have no utility or that maybe were rolled out a certain way are going to go away, right? And then we're going to be left with a bunch of core projects. You know, XRP is going to be one of them. Bitcoin, it seems like Ethereum now has a pass, right? And there'll be other ones too, because you're not going to need all of them, right? There's only so many different layer ones you're going to need. Um, but um, yeah, this is what happens. It's disruptive technology, whether... It's, you know, the horse and buggy being uh, eradicated by the car. Um, you know, people still use trains, but when the planes came in, right? Um, Mark Yusko talks about this all the time, right? It's disruptive technology and we're in the they fight you stage and we just have to let this thing play out. And can you believe that we're seeing headlines like this in 2023? SEC Chairman Gary Gensler says the U.S. does not need cryptocurrency, stating we already have digital assets like the U.S. dollar and the digital one. But we got 481 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And guys, as we're finally closing out these black swan events in these bear markets, one of the best ways that you can pr protect yourself is by diversifying. Uh, sorry, diversifying your portfolio into multiple exchanges and multiple cold storage platforms. We saw the attack on Atomic Wallet. We've seen the ledger debacle. Well, here's a way that you can track all of those cryptos in one place. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. 
The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and totals since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com, that's MerlinCrypto.com, and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Uh, we're Sorry, back. I, I use those breaks for uh, bathroom breaks, guys. So I don't know if you knew that. But Gonzo, I do want to keep it over to you after this. We got 30 days absolutely free. Check out the beta testing down below, and we're going to be picking from that list. I'm getting right back into the show here, guys. And we're going to start off with an interesting video because we've shown our listeners on this channel how the NSA tracked down Satoshi Nakamoto. Well, this conversation is finally becoming mainstream as Raul Paul, a former JP Morgan executive, is now admitting. The government may have created Bitcoin. Tell me more. I said, and I think the US government and the UK government invented it, which is the NSA and the GCHQ in the UK, who are the two world centers of cryptography. Because even how the, the white paper's written, it's you just think this transatlantic. Yes. I always have. And I asked the Department of Defense, they said, yeah, we've considered that too. They see that it was official, or it was just people from that that went rogue. I don't think it's a necessarily a rogueness. I think like Google have like Google X, where they do tons of experiments. Right? They know that one of the esoteric risks for the entire Western system is the issue of money. So there's probably groups of people who are given things to try, and if you can seed a new system, maybe they tried a hundred of these and just one succeeded. We don't know. But it would make sense because that's what they do, this kind of stuff. So one of these took off. And so I think it's always been, I don't think it's a coincidence it came out of the financial crisis. I don't think it's a coincidence that that the halving cycle and all of this is all related. It is the solution. It always, always has been the solution. You just can't go there tomorrow. And this is why I believe we see guys like Jamie Dimon, the CEO for JP Morgan, saying blockchain's here to stay but specific cryptocurrencies like Ethereum and Bitcoin, they may not be here to stay. Blockchain is going to be used throughout the world in order to track payments, Johnny, and give the banks more control. There's almost no downside. So there's one last thing I want to throw in here. The first cryptocurrency patent was filed in 1988. 1988. Bitcoin was rolled out in 2008. If you don't think government organizations got involved in the 20-year period between that first patent and launch, you're very naive. But Johnny, Gonzo, and Jen, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Let's start with Johnny. Yeah, I mean, first of all, zero zero surprise there whatsoever if we find out our government created i personally think they did so i'm not surprised at all uh they have teams called skunk works and that's what they do they work on these different hypothetical things so raul spot on abs i am curious so you said 1980 was the patent you're probably gonna not know the answer but if you don't who whose name was on the patent do we know who created it or what the name was boy that's a great question. Our boy Schwartz, is on that right? and David Schwartz. Yeah. Schwartz. So and at the time didn't he work for either the Department of Defense or the NSA, or he worked for somebody within the government, yes. yeah? Yeah. Yep. 
So there you I go. can't remember the particular government organization, but you're right. He worked at the NSA or some cybersecurity agency. So, I mean, listen, there you go. It's just you don't see like a company who did that. It wasn't Microsoft or so. It was so. So, I mean, it's just probably a 99.9% chance. I'll even go with John. 100% chance somewhere in the government created. Always thought that was the case, right? Um, for the fact that, and, and again, I agree with Raul, probably some kind of test, put it out there. Let's see what it looks like. And they're like, oh shit, this thing's really working. <laughs> People like this. All right, good. Now we know what it is. Now, how do we regulate and control it? And that's what you're seeing right now. And that's the battle that's happened. And, 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 you know, and we're going to go through this battle, as Mark said, for the next three to four years. And, you know, and then we're going to kind of see what, what, but where it ends up, what is it? So what crypto looks like today or what it looked like 10 years ago, I think when we go through the battle and we come out the other side, it's going to be something different, something that they'll have their fingers in and more controllable, if I had to guess. That's where I think we're at. Gonzo, I think it's important to highlight why this conversation is even important, right? Why is it important? Let's say the government did create Bitcoin. Is it decentralized enough now where it wouldn't really matter? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the only question that you would have is like, who's got control of Satoshi's wallet, right? And I watched the whole like interview with him. It was a really good interview that, you know, and, and, you know, people are acting as if he had some direct knowledge and he didn't say that he, they basically, he's asking him what his opinion was. What he did talk about is that the department of defense had contacted him to talk about like economic issues, right? Because they see where the economy, um, where, where like warfare is being fought with the economy and they were just asking for his advice. And then they got on the subject matter of Bitcoin, but it's absolutely, it's totally believable, right? that the NSA and that the UK would get together, especially if you think about in the context of they understood when they took us off of the gold standard, where this uh, debt-based money was going to go, that they, they had a certain amount of time they were going to have to figure out a solution, right? And so maybe there was a bunch of people that were working on that solution, and this is the one that survived, right? The one that took off. Um, and so, yeah, that's the only big question, right? Gonzo, what happened with that wallet? We've often talked about how you move the markets through fear, right? If you're going to get people to change what they're doing, they need to have an incentive to do so. And what we're seeing right now is all these corporations endorsing Bitcoin, but being speculative about these other assets. So my question to you is, is there going to be a day where they flip on Bitcoin? They actually crash the decentralized market after they've been promoting this token for 10, 15 years. That the government does? Like, let's um, say... I mean, it, it Let's say because they're going to roll out CBDCs. That's our next article right now, guys, is the American. Uh, let me read this correctly. There was a new American adoption survey showing that 74% of respondents opposed the issuance of a CBDC. If it gave the government control about how to spend their money, what does that tell me? They need to change the way people are thinking about central bank digital currencies. And the best way to do that may be to collapse Bitcoin. That's my question. Could we see a Bitcoin collapse in order to roll out these CBDCs? Um. Yeah, I mean, that's going way down the rabbit hole. Like, first of all, they would have to be the ones that um, that created it and they would have to have control of the wallet. But even with control of the wallet, they dumped all of that into the open market. You're crashing the price and then you're just getting a good buy. And then, but it doesn't go to zero, right? I, I don't think it, it's already out of, it's already out of the bag. It can't go to zero. That's just my opinion. I think what's funny about that story with the CBDC is the argument about our freedom our privacy, we lost that already, right? That, that's, a, that's a different thing because I, I know that how I'm not promoting CBDCs, but if you think about it, they can already do some of these things. They can already track us. Like who, I don't have any cash in my pocket. Do you guys have cash in your pocket? It's not like I go out and use cash every day, right? You use your debit cards. We use our digital wallets that the banks have already provided, right? They can already track every transaction that you do, right? They can already shut down your account. 
I already had issues when I had that investment that I was trying to make. I said the word cryptocurrency and I couldn't access my money. They put a fraud alert and I had to go into the bank. I had to do several interviews to unlock my account to get money that I that was mine. Right. But it's not my money. When I put it in the bank, it's their money. Right. And so it's funny because we have this conversation about CBDCs. But when, when we talk about like total control, they have that control already. They can track all of our transactions right now. Look what happened in Canada with the truckers where they were shutting down people's accounts. They can do that kind of stuff already. Now, I'm not saying that I believe in CBDCs. I'm just saying that, again, it goes into that whole narrative thing. They can already do these things. We lost that fight. Like yeah. what we need to do is just make sure that whatever power they have is somewhat limited, right? But they're already tracking everything that we do. And Johnny, I do want to get a response from you, but I just have one quick comment to make beforehand. First of all, we got over 500 live listeners joining us. If you're enjoying this content, smash that like button. It's all we ask you to do to support us. But we're talking about the Bitcoin conversation and how if the government did create Bitcoin, what that could mean for the open market. It's an interesting question, right? Because what we saw with the, with the Ripple versus SEC lawsuit in particular was a shift away from assets on the XRPL in America and into Ethereum protocols, which they believe would be approved. We could see something similar, right? If, I'm not saying that they could collapse Bitcoin with what the Bitcoin that they own, Gonzo. But what we are seeing is every time there's a Bitcoin halving, in order for miners to continue, the price needs to increase, right? Could this be the first time ever that miners maybe lose the incentive to continue the decentralized nature of the network, right? While at the same time, they begin dumping the token. That could be how you draw a black swan event. Johnny, what do you think about that? If miners can't make enough money to keep mining, that's how you actually collapse the decentralized nature of Bitcoin. I mean, certainly that's the, that is definitely one way to collapse that. I don't think that has anything to do with switching the world to CBDCs and using it as a cause for it. Not, a, not enough of the world even cares or uses Bitcoin for it to matter. The only way you're going to switch people to CBDCs is cash. It's going to be something to do with, with green. Um, and Gonzo's right. The reason why the world is, has, has given up their privacy is because everyone went away from what our parents used to do. You know, there's a reason why they used to say put the, match, the money in the mattress. When you put your money in the mattress, you controlled your fate. Nothing was tracked. You spend it where you want. That's the last thing they wanted, right? And they got everybody because everybody's a sucker. They got them to take the money out of the out of the mattress and put it in the bank for four percent, three. Hey, we'll give three percent, four percent, five percent. Hey, my money can make money. You go and you and you give away your privacy for a lousy three or four or five percent. And then the whole world, you know, then when they realized that it was very easy to keep everybody's money there. And now Gonzo can't even go use his money. You can't even say the word crypto at the bank. It's a bad word. You can't even say it. It's like outlawed. You go to the bank and say the word crypto. You're not getting a, I try. You're not getting a bank account. You're not moving your money. You might, you're like a criminal. It's crazy how bad that word has become right now. But that's all because somebody said it in the chat and kudos to him. And, and you know, Gonzo may not carry cash, but I still do. And I probably shouldn't have said that. But don't worry, I got led to go with it. But I use cash. You need to use your cash. You want to be using cash. It's, it, and if everybody continued to use cash, we wouldn't come away from cash, right? Because the store is like, we don't accept cash. All right, great. Then I'll just go to a store that does. And guess what? If everybody did that, how long do you think that store that says they don't accept cash will continue to not accept cash? Wouldn't be very long before they tip, rip that sign down. Like, hey, we accept cash here. So, Johnny, in, in the UK right now, they're offering for the first time ever, not only not only UBI, universal basic income, they're going to be doing $1,600 a month in free money. If you want to shop at a grocery store like Aldi, I'm not sure many of our listeners may be familiar with that. Not only do you need a digital ID, 
your digital ID needs to be approved by their application. So you can't buy food at their store if you don't have a digital ID. We're in 2023, guys. Fast forward five, six, seven years. Right now, it's it's not mandatory, but God only knows. Right, Johnny Crypto? You're spot on. I'm telling you, it's starting to happen right now. This is the moment where the shift of taking the money out of the mattress and putting it in the bank is happening all over again. But now it's like, oh, I get free money, but I only get it if I spend it at this place. So I got to have a digital this, a digital that. You know what? Keep your free money. I'll go to work. I'll earn my own money, and I'll spend my cash where I want. I don't want your UBI. You know what I mean? That's what has to happen. But the reality is 95% of people are going to say, what? You say free? You say free money? I'll take free money. Here's the problem, Maps. There is no such thing in the world as free anything. It doesn't exist. There's nothing free except the air you breathe. That's about it. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Economics 101, baby. Uh, but I slightly disagree with the whole cash thing. Like I, I love cash, but I think in 10 years, it's going to be something that's, you know, used by criminals. We saw how easily that they started to wipe it out with, oh, cash is dirty during COVID, right? Nobody would take it. Nobody touch it. And do you remember the change shortage where, well, we don't have, you know, coins. We don't have change. It has to be exact change. We can't give it back. Forcing people, pushing them into using um, cards. But anywhere, when I go to um, amusement parks now, it's all cashless, right? You have to prepay, put it into a little cart, and then you're going to take it in there and spend it. If there's leftover money on it, like that's on you. But everywhere you go, that's going to be bigger and bigger um, companies. They're going to be cashless, but it also reduces, you know, risk for them of employee theft, et cetera. But I think that we're really going to get pushed towards that. So I, I slightly disagree. Like I, I like cash, but eh. And Gonzo, I do want to hear a rebuttal from you, but I, I want to remind our listeners later in the show, we're going to be playing an update from former SEC chairman Jay Clayton, the man who's actually responsible for fi- filing the lawsuit against Ripple. But I think it's important that we get into the Hinman emails during today's show. So with that being said, these Hinman emails are going to be released tomorrow on June 13th. And this is something that the SEC fought almost, I would say, years for. They did everything they could to not get these emails released to the general public. And thank God there's some authenticity within our system still. We are going to get access to these emails. So with that being said, I'm going to play this short clip and go right back to Gonzo. Here we go. In 2018, William Hinman was director of corporation finance at the SEC. He gave a speech explaining why the token Ether is not a security. Putting aside the fundraising that accompanied the creation of Ether, based on my understanding of the present state of Ether, the Ethereum network, its decentralized structure, we believe current offers and sales of Ether are not securities transactions. Hinman's speech moved the markets, seen widely as guidance from a high-ranking SEC official on what makes a token a security or not. Then, in December 2020, the SEC sued Ripple, claiming that XRP is a security, with arguments that contradicted Hinman's speech. Hundreds of thousands of XRP holders who never heard of the company lost $15 billion in value and had their holdings locked on exchanges. They demanded to know, why did an SEC official give that speech only to then sue Ripple and harm the people they are supposed to protect? For two years, the SEC has been hiding dozens of internal emails on the drafting of the Hinman speech that could answer those questions. What is in those emails? We know that while he was at the SEC, Hinman collected $15 million from his old law firm, Simpson Thatcher. $15 that million. firm was a member of the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance, whose sole purpose was to promote Ether. 
We know that market participants repeatedly asked for guidance about whether XRP was a security and got no answer. What is in those emails? Why did Hinman give that speech? Was he warned about moving the markets? Johnny, after watching this video right now, one of our live listeners caught something that I didn't actually catch when I first watched it. William Hinman in that speech that is supposed to only be his opinion says, we believe when discussing Ethereum, we believe very, very important. Let's start with you and then go to the other members. Well, the more important part of that is, did you hear the very beginning? Did you hear what he said in the beginning? Go the ahead. The keyword in the beginning uh, was. Aside from the ICO. Aside thing, from the way they launched it. Yeah. Oh, yes, hello? exactly, yeah. That's the whole point that makes it a security. So he completely dismissed the part, putting aside from the way they launched. Okay, well, then if you're going to put aside the way you launch with ETH, then guess what? You got to put aside the way we launched XRP and everything else. You got to be freaking consistent. I mean, literally said it, putting aside the fundraising. No, no, no. That's what makes it a security. The way you raise it in the beginning, the promises you make. Are you telling people they're going to get it? There's going to be appreciation off the efforts you're doing. If you're doing it, it's a function, it's a freaking security. So that's a, that's <laughs> it's just laughing. You can't let me say this to you, Johnny. I think the only debate that the SEC is really fighting within this XRP case is at any point. Now, I know this isn't what they're claiming. They're claiming all XRP sales, future, past, and present are all unregistered securities. But I think the only ground that they have to stand on is when Ripple began initially distributing those tokens back in 2014. Before there was an ODL system, before there was a decentralized network, I think maybe some of those first initial deposits to banks and institutions could be considered securities. Now, sorry, guys, I don't think that makes them lose the case. I just think that's a small caveat and an important detail. But when you bring up guys like William Himmons saying putting aside the fundraising, putting aside the ICO, that could be the saving grace for Ripple. So I want to hear from Gonzo and Jack and Jenna as well. Exactly. Uh, J Johnny um, or Jeff Gonzo, whoever. <laughs> you're all messed up. Um, I love that guy. And I love that narrator's voice, dude. And, like he makes it all very intense and stuff. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, we've been waiting for this for a while now. So, you know, I don't want to speculate on what's in those emails. Whatever it is, it's really bad. We know that because Brad Garlinghouse told us that it was really bad. So we can wait to see in 24 hours, we're going to be able to kind of, um, you know, take it apart, diagnose it. It's going to be redacted. Like I said, my call from weeks ago was that, Someone's going to take AI and be able to fill in all the redacted parts. And then we're going to get a full picture of everything that he said. And whatever it is, it's going to look very, very bad for the SEC. More importantly, I believe what you're saying, uh, what you've been saying for the last few weeks, Abs, is that they're going to throw him under the bus. They're going to say, well, this isn't the SEC. This is Bill Hinman. You already saw them delisting his biography from their, um, from their website. So, you know, they're going to make him the patsy. They're going to throw him under the bus. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens tomorrow, right? Gonzo, you know that whenever AI fills in those blanks and people post on Twitter, you're going to get one of those messages that says, independent fact checkers say, this is not fact. <laughs> this is opinion. This is not fact. And it probably will be. Guys, this made the hairs on my arms stand up. I was like, oh, this is going to be a freaking movie. I cannot wait for tomorrow. I'm so hyped about it. Somebody reached out to Netflix. They've made much less relevant news stories than these. And Johnny, Gonzo brought it up himself. Last week, before the Hinman emails were released, William Hinman's bio was removed from the SEC's website. And for anybody who's been watching our show, we've told you why we believe so. As it states, he's a part of the Ethereum Alliance member, Silicon Valley, Simpson, and Thatcher here. So obviously, that is a conflict of interest. So before we move on, Johnny, so much interesting news coming. Tomorrow, guys, 
Be sure to tune into Good Morning Crypto. Hopefully, we're going to get a little bit of insight. We're friends with John D. and Jeremy Hogan, all these guys. If we can get some private information behind the scenes, we're bringing it on this channel. So, Johnny, just to close us out, what do you think? Him and emails, are they going to change the game? Oh, yeah, I can't wait. First of all, I don't know if they're going to be out before the show or not. I'm not sure what time they release them. So if they are, we might have to do an extended show tomorrow. We've right? done four-hour, five-hour streams. We, we might have to do an extended show tomorrow. I did reach out to Hogan, though, so we'll see if he replies back to me. But uh, nonetheless, Abs, I, I think the thing is, I'm not feeling bad for him. Well, they scrubbed him from the thing. He's going to be a pass. They're going to throw him on the bus. He got paid $15 million. He ain't going to care. He's going to walk away to the bank laughing either way when this is all over. Yeah, he's going to get scuffed up a little bit this week. He don't care. He got $15 million sitting in the bank somewhere. So I'm sure he's going to be pretty happy, and he ain't going to care that they scraped his freaking his thing off and they're going to make him a bad guy. Now, if they come after him in criminal things, that's a whole different story. But as we saw last night, there was some talk of there was a leak, and I don't know if the leak was real or not. But there was if it was, you see in there how they were talking about giving ETH. You know, oh, hey, we're going to sit on the bench. You're going to hear and see. So you got to understand, they're not going to come out. And, I don't think they're going to come out and obviously state things. When you read these things, when they come out tomorrow, and I, and I don't think they're going to be 100. I don't think they'll be fully redacted. I, from what we're hearing, they're not supposed to be. I would rather they're not because I don't want anybody to say, oh, AI is assuming this or that. I pray that they're not redacted. And you're going to look look for clues and hints like, hey, we're going to sit on the bench. Or, hey, you know, they're going to do things like that. You saw we're going to get we're going to stay quiet here. That those are code words for we're not coming after them or we're letting them get a free you know free pass. Those are the kinds of things. So look for those subtle kind of hints in those emails when they come out tomorrow. Thank you. Just another update from John Deaton. I think my listeners should be aware of John Deaton said that everyone needs a reminder. The SEC calling an asset a security does not mean that it is a security. Here's the SEC admitting that the court decides if the SEC's claim or theory is even valid. So that is so important with everything going on in the community today. But guys, we're going to get into this article talking about how JP Morgan says institutions are entering the crypto market with or without the United States. The SEC's crypto crackdown adds to the urgency for U.S. lawmakers to produce a regulatory framework this year, says JP Morgan. And Johnny, the line that caught my attention was actually down at the bottom of this article. It said, until this happens, crypto activity will likely continue to move outside of the United States and into decentralized entities. Other U.S. exchanges would have to register as brokers, and most cryptocurrencies would be treated as securities if we go by the SEC's regulation. Now, why is that more important than ever? We showed you at the beginning of the show that Coinbase actually has a broker license and isn't allowed to activate it. So, Gonzo, I'd love to start with you. What do you think about this news here? J.P. Morgan, slightly pro-crypto article. I think it's funny that, you know, it's J.P. Morgan saying these things, you know, because it does. Uh, it, to the regular world, it gives it credibility because it's J.P. Morgan saying we all know how we feel about J.P. Morgan. Uh, but, you know, and they're not wrong. Right. Like you're seeing this. You're going to see this. And in that long interview with um, Tim Bailu and and um, and, and uh, uh, Raul Paul, he talked about this. Like this is the same thing that happened like in the 90s. Right. With credit swaps where there was uh, regulatory clarity in London. And that's where uh, Goldman Sachs and these other entities created offices. We're going to see the same thing. You saw um, uh, A16, right? Um, Horowitz, they're, they're opening, they made an announcement this morning, they're opening an office in London. And so you're going to see this more and more. They're going to start opening offices in London because that's where they're going to get the regulatory clarity that they need and they want so that they can make money.
Absolutely. And Gonzo, that's super interesting. But this is something even more interesting from this morning because we're talking about JP Morgan, but this is a man who may take direct orders from the guys at JP Morgan, Jay Clayton, discussing how he thinks Gary Gensler and the SEC are regulating this market. And, la- and last round, this is the man who, fi- who filed a lawsuit against the SEC and Ripple. Jay, how do you see it? Do you agree with Secretary Gensler's moves? <clears throat> if you were SEC chair, would you have taken these moves? Look, it's his, it, it's his leadership now. He's been in this position for over, over two years. Um, where they've gone with this, you know, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to be the person who throws bombs or second guesses from the sidelines. Um, I, I, am, I am a supporter of the agency. I'm a supporter of the law the way it is. Um, I think that when I was there, people would say I was a crypto hawk. I, but I, we effectively shut down the ICO craze. Mm-hmm. Said that most of what I'm seeing is securities activity, um, but I do think we are having very blunt conversations about something that requires nuance. Crypt- crypto is really a technology. The, the use of blockchain technology in all sorts of aspects of our financial system should be not controversial. Johnny, that's what I'd like to focus on because we talked about it at the beginning of the show. This is why we know crypto is here to stay. The first patent was filed in the 80s. Bitcoin was launched in 2008. We've got people admitting now that they believe governments actually created Bitcoin. Well, guys like Jay Clayton, these are the individuals who would be aware of that. And I think this is very telling. He says, maybe crypto's not here to stay, but blockchain, blockchain is very, very important. So that being said, floor is yours. That's where, you know, you remember we had a Twitter spaces a very long time ago. And this developer came on and he literally said the same thing. He questioned the validity of, is there really a need for cryptocurrency? The blockchain will always be here. No question about it. And he was saying, but will the cryptocurrency be here? And Because it's a kind of separate thing, although some of them are incentives for these blockchains to work. So that's really the whole thing. But, you know, what, what Clayton said there was kind of controversial. Whoa, he was literally saying the same thing. He's literally saying what, what JP Morgan is saying is uh, that the blockchain is here to stay. But crypto, mm, maybe that's a security. You heard him say it, right? And so uh, you can clearly see that there is going to be this battle between the technology and then cryptocurrency itself as a market. And I think what's going to end up happening, or I think what they're trying to figure out is how do we keep the blockchains and the technologies progressing and moving forward? And at the same time, what do we do with this this other piece of it, this, this side benefit of it, this cryptocurrency thing that can act as a currency and take away from their pool. And that's what they're trying to figure out. How do we how do we control this thing to the point where it doesn't tap into their into their their whole entire money system that they have in place? That's what you're seeing. That's the ultimate fighter battle abs. And what I think you're gonna see is that'll get minimized and maybe converted into a security and maybe turned into a market like the stock market. Maybe it becomes the 12th sector. It becomes its own little separate thing. But it's not going to happen until they have good control of it, in my opinion. Right. Johnny, do you remember like early days of, you know, the Internet? Um, Yeah, I was little, little. But where if you wanted to send an email, like your Yahoo had to go to Yahoo users. You know, you couldn't send one from AOL to Yahoo. So it's the same thing of making all of these different blockchains talk to each other. But I agree. Half of them don't need a token. So it's probably going to need to be one that can be 
universal. So what will that yeah. Johnny, I'm sure you remember when they first launched the radio back in the 1930s, there was only one channel that you could actually access. And of course, this is sarcasm, guys, but we got 524 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that bike button. And guys, this is the last thing I want to close out the conversation on because I think what's happening right now is the United States is getting ready to launch regulated exchanges. Gonzo, we're coming right back to you. This is outrageous. Breaking. FTX plans to restart crypto exchange in Q3 or Q4. Here come the USA. If it's not clear to you by now, in my opinion, what they're trying to do is shake you out. They're going to accumulate as much crypto as they can and then launch a regulated exchange very soon. I don't know how this is possible. And it actually makes me feel a little bit sick that this is the financial markets that we trade in. But with the SEC going after the two biggest exchanges in the world, Coinbase and Binance, by the way, with Coinbase being a publicly traded company in the US, how they have the audacity to be relaunching or letting FTX relaunch when they were literally a scam. And we've talked about this just because they've got ties with people like Gary Gensler. Oh, God, it's making me angry. Shout out to this kid. He's great at what he does. But Johnny, a lot of things were said in that clip. And Gonzo, I said I'd start with you. So FTX is relaunching at the end of the year. First of all, who in their right mind would put anything on this exchange? And second of all, why would Gary Gensler go after Coinbase after everything we just heard? Isn't that wild that, you know, you know, FTX, when we look back on history, will go down in the uh, will go down as one of the biggest scams with, with the Bitfinexes, the Quadrigas, all that stuff. Right. Uh, and that, you know, now they're suing Coinbase and Binance, but that FTX is going to be uh, be out there doing business like if, like if nothing. Right. I mean, that's really wild. But um, I, I think he's on to something. We were talking about this earlier, just like, you know, XRP is going to be the one. Uh, digital asset that has uh, regulatory clarity, uh, you're going to end up with Coinbase um, being the one exchange that has regulatory clarity, right? And because it's funny, when you see the, 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 the how they rolled out the charges with Binance and then um, with Coinbase, they're trying to make it seem like it's the same thing. And it's not, right? Because the, 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 the Binance thing is, is, it has other aspects to it. It has some aspects, they're accusing him of fraud, right? Co-mingling um, customers' assets and things like that. I'm not saying that that's factually based. I'm just saying what the accusation is, but they're trying to mix it together like it's the same thing and it's not. The whole thing with Coinbase is the staking program and that they're, you know, selling and trading unregistered securities, right? Yeah, um, but yeah, it's wild. This is the thing, Abs. This goes back to what I told you the other day. This is where you have to learn how to play mafia style, right? And this is where, where, where you go around you give the envelopes to the right people, you kiss the right rings, and you get what you want. And we know FTX funded, I don't know, $53 million or $35 million was given to the party. So no surprise, zero surprise that this thing is coming back from the dead. And anybody who's surprised, well, then you don't know how the world works. You're living under a rock, okay? Money talks and bullshit walks. That's the bottom line. That's how it happens. And that's what you're seeing here. FTX paid the right people. And they're coming back from the dead, folks. And guess what? Yes, people will use them, believe it or not, because you have to remember this. We're so early that for all of us, it feels late. And most of us won't use them. But there's still 90% of the world that's not in crypto yet. And when they come in, they're just going to discover FTX as an existing exchange. They're not going to know the history of what happened. And they're going to use it. And it's going to end up growing. So frankly, this might sound crazy. You may want to buy, you may want to buy a little FTT coin because it's probably going to pump. Because again, a lot of people who come into it in the next bull run, dude, 
they're just not going to know. They're going to be they're going to be uh, ignorant to the whole situation. And so I think for that reason, they may get a way to pump this thing. Unbelievable. Disgusting, but unbelievable. That's my two. That's my projection. We'll see. Thank you so much, guys. And with that being said, we're going to close this show out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny. Thank you to Gonzo. And thank you to Jenna X this morning. We got 500 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and get ready because Wednesday of this week, Blockchain Backer is joining Good Morning Crypto. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, ah, get shit together, baby. Thanks for joining us. Woo, let's, let's go. go.